Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. So we have a special guest in the studio today. We do. We started following this gentleman, well, over just over a year ago. Mm-hmm. He was going out on this big, massive trip. And Crazy we had, massive trip. Had no idea what it was. It was called the Great Loop. So we actually did a, a little read up on it and did a little explanation of what it was. And uh, we've been following him for the last year and he's finally finished his 9,000 kilometer, 5,600 mile, Mm -hmm. 14 and a half month trip. (laughs) In studio with us this evening is Steve Chard. How's it going, Steve? It's going great, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me. Well, first off, (laughs) congratulations on your your trip. Successful loop. Successful loop. (laughs) Thank you. You're a looper. (laughs) Because <laughs> apparently that's what they call them, loopers. Oh, the, yeah. the American Great Loop Cruisers Association is even sending me a package to commemorate my success. Wow. Well, really? I don't know what's inside it. Because <laughs> it's going to the UK. It's, oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's the secret handshake, key to the executive bathroom. I think I get a little pennant. Really? Oh, mm. There you go. Well, how cool yeah. is that? Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah, so we, uh, we started following you there, um, well, just over a year ago. So you were doing this trip and thought, you know what, this would be something to keep an eye on. And as you're coming up and through and down the, or down, up. Now you've got me confused. <laughs> yes, 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 crazy. Up the St. Lawrence? Yes, yes, up the St. Lawrence. Up the St. Lawrence yeah. and through the canals, Georgian Bay, Lake Huron, Chicago, Illinois, Mississippi, Gulf of Mexico. A couple mm. other things in between. We'll go through oh, all yeah, of this. Yeah. And then uh, eventually you made it all the way back to Halifax. I did. That's quite uh-huh. the trip. Mm-hmm. It's so, an incredible endeavor. It's the the amount of effort and planning that must have gone into that is just mind blowing for me. Well, it was three years planning, uh, just over a year training. Yeah, and then obviously those 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 well, not not quite fourteen now. I the first half of the trip I paddled for five months, right, uh, June until uh, the second week of November. And then this year, I left Florida on the 12th of January to get back to Halifax on the 16th of August. That's so quite the... It was broken up with a two-month <laughs> It was a broken two up with a couple break, months, yeah. A two-month yeah. break. Oh, that's, yeah. that's fine. I mean, it's yeah. still the whole loop, right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So let's just tell everybody a little about you to begin with. You're a retired marine electrical engineering technician mm-hmm. from the Royal Navy. Yep. You were on a submarine mm-hmm. your entire career. Then... You went in to become a ambulance driver and what we call an EMT here. Yeah. Um, and you're retired from that system. now. Yep. And now you are paddling full time. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently sitting on his butt for four and a half. Indeed. Months. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, it, I am going to have to find a part-time job when I get home. I can't survive just on my occupational pensions. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Until the British government decide they will give me my state pension when I hit 66. <laughs> you still got a few years to that. Yeah. So is there, what else do we need to know about you? Whereabouts from uh, England are you? I'm from the county of Dorset. Uh, I live in a small village called Piddle Trent Hyde on the River Piddle, about <laughs> seven miles north of the county town of Dorchester. Okay. Uh, not my, uh, I, I'm, I am a Dorset man. Uh, my hometown is a town called Bridport. But I, I moved across to Piddle Trent. Bridport is, was, was the home of um, the rope and netting industry oh, okay. in, in England uh, from the time of Henry VIII creating the Royal Navy. 
Ah. Uh, we were, and also, would you believe, the hangman's noose was invented in Bridport. Well, the <laughs> yeah, it's, it's known as the Bridport dagger. Hang on a sec. Can we get a demonstration here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it has uh, a rope right here. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, got so, a history lesson now. Yes, uh, that's, that's awesome. Smart uh, particles tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, so you just decided one day. Now you got a book. How does one decide to do something well, like this? Well, I wanted to do something to commemorate hitting age sixty. Okay. And uh, I've always been a bit of a fundraiser. Uh, it was instilled in us when I was at high school. Right. Uh, that we, we'd always do sponsored walks and things like that for a little local charity or something. And then when I joined the Navy, uh, British military units have always traditionally fundraised every year for a different charity. Okay. I think it keeps bored servicemen, gives them something to do. <laughs> gives them something to do. Gives them something to do. So, we've, so we would always traditionally raise money for a char- different charity every, every year. So that carried on throughout my naval service. Right. And then um, I, I've always been a serious runner. So I, I would always run half marathons and 10Ks, usually to fundraise. And that culminated me in, ru- in running three marathons between 2006 and 2008. Wow. And that knackered my hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> so I took up cycling. And for my 50th birthday, I cycled 500 miles across the mountains of North Vietnam. Wow. I but, had heard about that one, mm. that you did the cycling in, through, through Vietnam. Yeah, that was a great trip. That really was. 500 miles in, in six days. And we ascended, did a combined ascent of 30,000 feet. Wow. Which is great because you also had the descents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fan. And um, I then did a third different form of fundraising. I, um, I did something called the Great North Swim, which is a mile open water swim in Lake Windermere in, um, in England's Lake District. So wow. I'd done these three different things, and I thought, I've got to do a fourth different thing for my 60th. <laughs> and I used to kayak as a teenage sea scout. Okay. So I thought, oh, I'll learn to kayak again, because I had lost all those skills. Right. I had a sit-on-top kayak from about the age of 55, uh, just a bit of fun with the guys I worked with in the ambulance service. Right. So I suddenly thought, let's get back to serious sit-inside kayaking. And I was going to do 120 miles over four days. England has a, a, an international <laughs> canoe marathon <laughs> called Devices to Westminster. Okay. And it's, it is just a 120-mile course from a small market town in Wiltshire, Upper Canal to Oxford to join the River Thames, and then you go down the River Thames to Westminster Bridge and finish near the Houses of Parliament. Right. Wow. And that was going to be it. And then a friend picked up a book <laughs> at a flea market. Uh, Honey, Let's Get a Boat, written by Ron and Eva Stobb, yeah. a Californian couple. And Mrs. Stobb said to Mr. Stobb, when we retire, we're going to do the Great Loop. So they bought a second-hand trawler yacht Wow. And lo and behold, they did the Great Loop in the conventional way, which is starting Stewart, Florida, up the east coast of New York, up the Hudson River, through the New York State Canal system to Lake Erie, through the Great Lakes to Chicago, 
back down to the Gulf on the Mississippi, uh, around the Florida Panhandle and back through the Okeechobee waterway to finish at Stewart. And that is the standard Great Loop, 5,600 statute miles. Okay. Uh, well, Ron Stobb was actually a professional travel writer. So he wrote this fantastic book of their year on the Great Loop. And they had no boating experience before (laughs) they started. So they learned as they went. And in the end, they also realized that there needed to be a guide for other people. So they actually, they are the, the founder members of the American Great Loop Cruisers Association, which is now quite a big money spinning organization. Obviously, its aim is to is to prepare people to do that great do loop great because loop. it's it's done by thousands every year now. Is it really? Usually yeah. retired bank managers <laughs> See, I guess huge <laughs> pensions in floating gin palaces. Yeah. I, I guess uh, <laughs> with what we do with the canoes and the kayaks and that, until someone in a canoe or kayak is doing it, yeah. you really don't hear about it. You don't hear it. about it, no. You don't hear about things like no. that, right? No. You know, I mean, I mean yeah, it's just like I'm sure the people that are doing all these, the great loop know have no idea what the meanest link is. Exactly. No, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, so There's a huge service industry related to the Great Loop now. You know, so affiliated marinas. Right. You know, and all sorts of things. So you can just book ahead, tell them you're doing the Great Loop, and they'll have a slip ready for you, hopefully. Yeah. 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 Pipe yeah. band yeah. every time you land in a different port. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wine, women, and song. Every yeah. port. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I did write to the American Great Loop Cruises Association told them what I was doing and uh, they did grant me a complimentary membership and I was very ably assisted by people doing the Great Loop on their boats right. and by and by those marinas. I stayed on several boats. Nice. I even got piggybacked on one. That's a story for later. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I think I, I, think I remember it. seeing your kayak on a ferry at one point. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, the St. John to Digby Ferry, yeah, because oh. it, it was too difficult. Yeah. To, well, there, there's point, to get there's, the bay there's funding, parts really. when you're in a kayak yeah. or something like that. You've yeah. got to you got to be using your smarts, and you got to know when to call it, and yeah. yeah, you know when to slow down that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into all that. Mm. So it all started because someone gave you that book. Yep, Do you want to call my, that person out. It changed my mind. <laughs> no, um, I'm not even. I can't even remember who it was. <laughs> It was, it was a female friend, and she said, I thought of you immediately when I saw this book. So it's and her fault. she didn't even know that I was planning a kayak trip. Oh, she okay. She did not know. So it came at just the right moment. Ah, divine intervention. I'm the t- I, I've obviously got that character that when I knew the Great Loop existed, I just thought to myself, that's it. This has got to be done in a kayak. Yeah. And, of course, I researched it found out that it has been done on numerous occasions, usually by Americans or Canadians. Uh, the person who really inspired me, there was a guy called Jake, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, correctly Stachovac. Uh, he's from somewhere like Minnesota. Right. And he actually wrote a book of his great loop, which he did in 2010, uh, Portage to Portage, uh, a, a town called Portage. Uh, and he did it by canoe or kayak? And he did it by kayak. By yeah. kayak as well. So they're yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. So he 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 did also do the coastline in New England. Right. He didn't do Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, but when he got to New York, he did paddle up to Maine and then go back down to New York and then go up the Hudson. And So you, know. you didn't you didn't go near New York then? 
on your trip? Y- yes, I did. I went into New York Harbour okay. and actually had a week off in New York. Uh, there's a very, very lucky to get in contact with uh, a non-profit organisation called the Downtown Boathouse who provide free kayaking for anybody in New York. They have a huge boathouse at Pier 26 in um, Manhattan. Right. And they looked after my kayak for a week. Oh. And one of their, one of the board of trustees let me have an Airbnb apartment for free. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. So I, 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 and, then he, and then they portaged me past the East River so I could uh, paddle out of out of New York along the Connecticut coastline towards Cape Cod. Right. Nice. Mm. Well, that's cool. That's so cool. the help I've had has been amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm. So let's, because I know we're going to have about 15,000 stories to hear mm. tonight. No. Um, mm. <laughs> that's par for this course for this show. Yeah. You mm. know, your route mm-hmm. left Halifax June 1st, 2018. Yep. North along the coast of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. If you're listening at home, you might want to get a map of Canada and yeah. North America. I, I, I went inshore of uh, both Cape Breton Islands and Prince Edward Island. Okay. Yeah. So uh, up the St. Lawrence Seaway. That's where things changed a bit. Right. I, when I got to Campbellton, uh, well, Campbellton on the New Brunswick side and Lichtigouche on the Quebec side, uh, I was already about three weeks behind schedule. Right, because oh, of okay. the yeah. horrendous weather you had last spring into summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so last year was the good year. We had to scrap me going around the Gaspé Peninsula, unfortunately. Which is Derek was just there. Yeah. So <laughs> the guy, I, the guy I bought my kayak from, uh, he had a friend in Gaspésie who came down with his Volkswagen Beetle. Oh. Would you believe? <laughs> and we put my my kayak on the roof of Volkswagen Beetle on two swimming pool noodles. Okay. And oh, wow. we conveyed it right across the Gaspé Peninsula to a place near Matain, I think, Saint-Andemont? No, no, no. no. Uh, it's gone It's gone for the moment, but it's, it's, somewhere, it's on my yeah. Facebook page somewhere. But I had I had to go across the Gaspé Peninsula by mm-hmm. road. Right. We put me back in, as I say, near, near Matain, and then I did go to Ramuski, okay. saw, saw that uh, yeah. Oberon class submarine that okay. uh, that uh, Derek saw. Uh, I could only paddle four days up the St Lawrence again because of the the westerly winds. I got I got to a small village just before Riviera de Loup, and then Pierre had to come back again and road portage me past Quebec City and Montreal to the Hawkesbury Dam on the Ottawa River. Oh, okay, yeah. So my experience of the St Lawrence was not as much as it should have been. Yeah, I was just there this yeah. summer. It was fantastic. It was flat, yeah. calm, just yeah. light ripples. See, oh. if you would have started this June. <laughs> I know. Oh, crazy, crazy. All the high water levels. Yeah, mm. really high yeah. water levels. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that would have affected uh, a trip this year as yeah. opposed to last year. But I did do hundred about 120 miles up, up the St. Lawrence. At least so you got to I, be yeah, on it. Yeah. Was Indeed. it see what what made you choose to begin your loop in Halifax? My Was it brother weather My or? brother married a Nova Scotian. Oh, That's the sole reason. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was until my brother talked me into starting my loop from Halifax rather than from Stewart down in Florida. Okay. And of course, you you know you have to season follow. So mm-hmm. that's why I started in June as well to be up north in the summer. 
So uh, Phil and Jean live on St. Margaret's Bay, ah. uh, just south of Halifax. Yes, okay. So that was my base camp. And uh, and I also, I, I, I had to choose a couple of Canadian charities to paddle for. Right. And both Phil and I are Navy vets, so... Her Majesty's Canadian ship Sackville, the last corvette, nice. became became one of my charities. Okay, and I have a history with the Sackville because uh, I'm a volunteer military bandsman. I was a, I had a second job in the Navy. I, w- I was a bandsman as well because the Navy has the Royal Navy has volunteer bands right. of naval personnel who supplement the Royal Marine bands. Yeah, so uh, the Navy put me in the band. <laughs> what instrument? <laughs> Cornet. Okay. It. So, so all my time in the navy, I played in the band, and then kept that hobby going when I left the navy, joining local brass bands, and then uh, getting roped into a volunteer military band as well. Nice. So I, in two thousand and seven, I think it was, I actually attended the Halifax International Military Tattoo as a volunteer worker. Oh, really? Oh. Nice. And I did have an ulterior motive. I wanted to get our band invited to take part in the tattoo. Yeah. And now I'm going to shame my old bandmaster. I got the band invited to the Halifax Military Tattoo, and the bandmaster turned it down. Oh, no. Said that we, as a bunch of civilian volunteers, all working for different companies and things like that, he said, we can't possibly get the time off to hmm. all of us the same fortnight to go to the Halifax Tattoo. But you got to try. He turned, he turned it down. I've wow. never forgiven. I've never forgiven him. So anyway, <laughs> while I was at the tattoo, I worked in the props department, and the lady heading the props department was um, a member of the board of trustees for the Sackville, and she knew I was a Navy vet, so she took me down to the Sackville for for lunch in the wardroom. Ooh, so nice little treat. So ten years later, what could I do but think I'll ask if I can paddle for the Sackville? And nice. of course, it was perfect timing because she's just had a refit, right? Yeah, very expensive refit to to keep her ship ship shape and seaworthy, right? So they needed people to be doing fun, yeah, fundraising exactly. events. So uh, good timing, yeah. So so, and the other Canadian charity is the Kidney Foundation of Canada, right? Perfect, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. So so yeah so. You made it as far, well, at Hawkesbury, you say, and then you went up to Ottawa from there. Mm. Um, four days up the up the Ottawa River from the Hawkesbury Dam and then up through that magnificent run of locks. Up, the Rideau. Up, 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 past the, up past the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. Yeah. So it starts start the Rideau the Canal. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the way down to Kingston. Mm-hmm. I actually had a short break in Ottawa. Uh, I, that was... Before I started on the 1st of June, my stay in Ottawa was the only definite hospitality I had lined up oh. in the whole of Canada. <laughs> we'll, go to the, we'll go to the capital Crazy. and I don't, yeah, I, hang I, out on the streets. I, <laughs> one of the guys who trained me had a friend in Ottawa, and she had come over to Europe kayaking the previous summer. And so she said, when Steve arrives, tell him he's got somewhere to stay in Ottawa. Nice. So I had a short break in Ottawa and then off down that Rideau Canal to Kingston. What did you think of that Rideau Canal? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 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 And of course, those locks made me feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> because 
you know, almost the same as the British canals with the you know very small, very narrow, like like for narrow boats. Well, yeah, very right. reasonably, and ex- we could possibly assume that would have been the same uh, designers and architects mm-hmm. who designed both. Who designed, it probably yeah. would be, yeah, yeah. Pro- yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, and I think that's the same, isn't it, with some of the canals in New York State as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. So. Uh, so then Kingston, you went over to Belleville, Belleville, Trenton. I paddled down to Trenton, yeah. yeah. yeah so and then up, you headed up to Trent Severn from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had another you... stop in Hastings okay. because I have a cousin who lives in Hastings. So I uh, had to stay with him. I arrived in Hastings and had lost 46 pounds in weight. Yes. Oh, holy cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I the reason re- being, read about that I wasn't eating enough. Oh, okay. It was partly enthusiasm. I wanted to keep paddling. Yeah. I you know just I was gung ho about what I was doing. I wanted right. to get it done, so I should have been stopping to eat lunch, and I wasn't. I should have been grazing all the way mm-hmm. to keep you know because obviously burning extra calories. Yeah, exactly. So lost forty six pounds. My cousin's wife took one look at me and marched me down to the local pharmacy, where the <laughs> pharmacist put me on a protein supplement. Uh-huh. I'd been burn. I hadn't just burnt away my fat reserves. I started to burn muscle. Right. Oh, no. It was yeah. that bad. So uh, it was that bad. Wow. And also, my dry suit had become too big. <laughs> it was too bad. It was hanging, it was hanging that, off me. That yeah. So I'd lost all that weight. So I I rang the guy who supplied the kayak back in New Brunswick because I knew he he sold dry suits too. And I said, Bob, I need a I need a dry suit in a smaller size. <laughs> <laughs> and and that the and I thought I was going to be buying a new dry suit. Because I didn't get sponsored by anybody for equipment. Right. I bought it all myself. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I was quite prepared to do the same, you know, get buy a new dry suit. Well, unbeknown to me, Mr. Vlug of Eastern Outdoors in Dipper Harbour, New Brunswick, he approached Stolquist. Uh, that's an American waterwear yep. company, but they have a Canadian division, obviously. He approached Stolquist Canada, told them what I was doing. And they said, Steve can have a dry suit as long as he gives us a good write-up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, lo and behold, a new dry suit got delivered to me in Port Severn. Cool. Ready for me to go on. Yeah, well, yeah. I was looking at the uh, Stolquist ones at uh, Mac, mm-hmm. Mountain Equipment Co-op. Yeah. They sell them there. I was looking at one of those. So yeah. they're, they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty good, and they're a bit more reasonably priced than Coquitat. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As much as I'd like one of those Coquitats, Co- yeah. Well, I've got a Coquitat now, actually. Yes. Yeah, because the the Stolquist suit it was fantastic, but when I got to the Boston area, would you believe the latex neck seal split on me? Oh yeah. Fair wear and tear. Not yeah, because it, there was anything exactly. wrong with the suit at all. It was just that I'd obviously in the time I've been paddling, I've I've put probably five years use on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, on and I just off, pulled it. I just and... I just pulled it over my head and it ripped. <laughs> and it we. Just couldn't wait for me to get the seal replaced. Right. So, so I popped into well, it would REI in the states, and uh, they didn't have a Stolquist suit, so I so I bought a Coquitat one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and would you the suit that stayed in Boston? Um, I was actually staying with a member of a local kayak club down there, and that lady, I said to her, "Be." See if you can get someone to buy my suit by making a donation to to the charities I'm paddling for. 
Right. And uh, I, I, I'm not sure if that's been done yet, but it certainly will be done if it hasn't been done already. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a cool thing. Because all they've got to do, they're going to get a very good suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's easy enough to get the latex yeah. was replaced yeah. Yeah. and then uh, rather than buy it off me because I got it it was given to me if they make a donation to the charities yeah everybody's everybody's win-win. winning happy yeah win-win yeah cool mm. um so up the Trent Canal system to mm-hmm. Georgian Bay now when I got to Port 7 it was just too late in the year to be able to carry on up to Mackinac right. it was already the last couple of days of August and I was very, very fortunate on the Trent Severn Waterway. I met a couple um, north of Peterborough somewhere who lived in Ontario in um, somewhere between Toronto and London. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> sorry, guys, it's gone. Well, and, so, and sorry also to Jim and Audrey for getting where you live. Um, they had a holiday cottage in Port Seven, so when they passed me in their boat and asked me what the heck I was doing, and I told them, they said, "Right, when you get to Port Seven, if we're there, you've got somewhere to stay." Right. So, and that fortunately for me happened. They were there, so I stayed nice. with them, and we got talking about the way ahead. And they said, "Steve, they agreed with me that it was too late in the year to go to Mackinac, weather deteriorating, etc., etc., etc." I wouldn't have got to Chicago safely right. before the weather turned and making the lakes impassable for kayaks probably also you know not the weather for boats either mm-hmm. so they said we've never been to chicago road so trip. we're gonna f- yeah, yeah road trip we're gonna throw your kayak on our trailer and we're gonna take you to chicago <laughs> what a stroke of luck yeah you know it's yeah. been absolutely i you know i think there's some sort of guardian angel been looking over me <laughs> yeah. well you know what when people it's catching things like that yeah. is uh, catching you know, when you see somebody that's, well, you're doing this big loop, and you start looking at it like, that's awesome. And, yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, you know, it's getting late in the year. You know what? Let's give them a ride to Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. Help, help them out do this. They help you out, and they get yeah. to participate so, in their own way. And So all the way across Ontario, all the way across Illinois. Yeah. So not Illinois, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. To, to Illinois. To Chicago itself. Yeah. To Illinois, to Chicago, yeah. And when we got to Chicago... We just found the Chicago Yacht Club. Right. Okay. Very, very posh oh. yacht club. Okay. Very <laughs> exclusive. Knocked the door, said, guys, this is what Steve's doing. Do you think you could uh, store his kayak for him overnight? And he'll paddle on tomorrow down that wonderfully named Sanitary Ship Canal. <laughs> 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 there's there's a lock that comes off Lake Michigan, right, straight into what they call the sanitary ship canal. Ship canal, <laughs> <laughs> because you know you know the story about Chicago, the town, the city of Chicago reversing the flow of the Illinois River. Yes, mm. yeah, I don't know yeah. that story. Yeah, the all the sewage used to flow into Lake Michigan. Okay, so the city council decided they had to do something about this and they actually just with shovels mm-hmm. dug dug out the, the bed of the illinois river so okay. it wouldn't flow into lake michigan but it would flow towards the mississippi ah so Change how the they kept it secret it all flows downhill <laughs> it all flows yeah, yeah, in, <laughs> yeah they revert they 
to get rid of <laughs> no. their they they didn't build a sewage system they yeah. actually reversed the Just flow of the wall of the river it. redirected yeah. their sewage Smartly to done. somebody else <laughs> and i had to paddle through that oh <laughs> oh there are there are signs every hundred meters yeah. on, 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 on the san, on the sanitary ship canal saying do not touch the water do oh, not wow. touch it yeah you know, yeah it's yeah. highly industrial area yeah, oh, yeah. I can imagine. And there's everything in it, for, you know, throughout the 19th century and so on, and it's just filthy. Wow! Yeah. And, I, and I battled it. <laughs> My boat just melted mm. away. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Mm. Wow! That was one of my. Uh, I, the day I left Chicago, I miscalculated the distance to the first lock right and uh, I ended up paddling for about three hours in darkness and couldn't find anywhere to camp you just couldn't get out couldn't get off the river right and uh, so I ended up at the at the lock my first lock in America to find that the lock keepers were totally totally unhospitable oh no you can't can't you you can't stay at the lock you know this is the, the yeah, this is um, prohibited territory, security, security and, and all the rest of it. Right. And I had to beg them to say, guys, look, you know, there's nowhere I can go. Can't I just roll up beside my kayak by the lock gate and disappear in the morning? And thankfully, they did say yes. When I told them I was paddling for disabled American veterans, one of the American charities I'm paddling for, they turned out to be veterans themselves, and they turned a blind eye. But they were complete opposite to what I'd in, so far encountered right. huh. on the Canadian waterways. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they'll let you you camp at the locks. Yeah, they got campsites here. at all yeah. the locks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not well, just, we just did mm. we just did the big yeah. Um, yeah. lock and paddle on the weekend there mm-hmm. at Peterborough Lift Lock, and they said, "Yeah, yeah. you want to camp? Yeah, just register, make sure we know." And yeah. Yeah. either ones that you can camp at sort of thing and they're supposed to charge you to camp at the Canadian lots but once they realized I was paddling for charity they never charged me right yeah they yeah so well that's cool very lucky so yeah. you stayed you stayed there and then you were gone and first I was thing gone, in the morning gone first thing in the morning yeah and then I found that Americans are just as hospitable as Canadians because what I've been doing is if I had because you know, I very rarely had accommodation lined up. Right. It was just seeing a row of cottages on the bank right. of whatever it was, River Canal, seashore, seeing a row of cottages, coming ashore, knocking a door, saying, guys, this is what I'm doing. I need somewhere to camp or stay tonight. You don't ask to stay. <laughs> you, you say, can I camp around here somewhere? And so often that led to an invitation to the guest room. Oh, very yeah, nice. And, uh, yeah. or, or, you know, a, a hot meal and a hot shower. Which is uh, nice. Quite often a bed for the night. Right. If, if if they couldn't take me in, it was, yeah, you can camp in our garden or sleep in our, put your sleeping mat down in, on our garage floor or something like that. Right. So it's it's been fantastic. So uh, you, but you carried a, a tent with you. Yeah, got a tent. So if you needed But I did, I, I obviously did anything I could not to have to have a wet tent in the morning. Yes. Yes. So yeah. a few people have said, Steve, you were supposed to camp every night. You you accepted far too much hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, if you're going to be out there for over a year, <laughs> I think yes. you're going to take it when it's off. You're going to take it when it's off. You know, free exactly. meal and, yeah. and yeah. whatnot. You got but to. I mean, if people are offering you a meal and stuff like that, that mm. that gear you're carrying, yeah, that just makes it 
last, last that, that much, much longer, does. right? It does. It does. Which is um, perfect. I I mean I I always had a, a about a week's su- supply of meals on board. I carried a bag of rice, a bag of pasta, a bag of oatmeal, right? A few tins of sardines, ham, and chicken. Uh, I never fished. No, <laughs> my fish came out of tins, uh, and also I was obviously carrying those dehydrated meals that you right. can buy in places like uh, you know MEC and REI uh, as a backup. Yeah, and I usually had two gallons of water on board, or one gallon of water and one gallon of Gatorade, because <laughs> the big supermarkets sell Gatorade by the gallon now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. Did Did you have a water filter? Yeah, I carried one, one but didn't have to use it. Okay. I had it. I had it for an you know for emergencies. Emergencies, yeah. But uh, but I was always 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 just able to find you know potable tap water that I could fill well, up I, your I jugs fill up, and fill up my jugs every day. Yeah, which is perfect. Yeah. yeah, that makes things a lot easier. A lot easier. You know, I mean, like we do our our backcountry trips, and you're you don't you have no use or like no access to anything like that. So you're got to make sure you're bringing your water, and you got to carry everything, and. Yeah. There is no store you can go to to mm. to pick it up. So if you got people along the way that are saying, "Yeah, come on in," and yeah. you know that's perfect. Mm. Yes, right. It's ideal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so down the Illinois River. Mm-hmm. Well, my notes. It's the Illinois Rover. I saw that. I was wondering, what's this <laughs> Illinois Rover thing? It's the Illinois Rover. Mm-hmm. So he was hanging out with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish Rovers. Oh, I met plenty of dogs. <laughs> uh, uh, to where it met the Mississippi in yeah. St. Louis. Uh, not, uh, quite uh, about 40 or 50 miles north of St. North Louis of Saint, is, yeah. where it, is where it met. It, jo- that it joins the Mississippi at a place called Grafton. Okay. And then you go down about 10 or 15 miles to Alton. And that was my first experience of one of those huge locks and dams on the Mississippi. Oh. And unfortunately for me, the lock gates had been damaged by a barge train that had Right, because they got the big trains, the, the, uh, ram, like the yeah, big trailer yeah, things yeah. of barges, oh, and barges row, yeah. behind one boat. Yeah, or s- yeah, I think you can have 16 barges in, oh, front, yeah. in, front, in front of the tractor unit because those tractor units so push, them. push the barges. Right. Yeah. And uh, so... I, the place I camped at, actually, I, st- I stayed at Alton Marina the night before, and the harbour master said to me in the morning, as I was, he saw I, he saw I was getting ready to push off. He said, "Steve, he said, there's been an incident at the lock. It's shut. So, uh, he said we'll 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 telephone the lock keeper. So we did, and he said it's going to be out of action for three days. Oh. So the harbour master said, told told the lock keeper what I was doing and the lock keeper sort of he said well you can portage you sh- I shouldn't let you do it but you can portage over the dam so as long as you do it over on the Missouri side yeah. when, we're not I, when we're not looking <laughs> discreetly yeah. so I, was, I paddled across to the Missouri side there were a bunch of guys fishing off off the uh, off the dam and they helped me carry all my gear across and launch oh, me cool. launch me again on the downstream side. Cool. And then I headed for St. Louis and a few and a couple of days off. A couple more days. Take <laughs> a lot of time. Huh? Well, on this you, you have to take the rest days. You oh, definitely do. You've got you to, otherwise you burn do. yourself out. Yeah. And uh, well, and it, sitting there day after day, mm, sitting there. I I I tried to paddle four days on, one day off. And, right. And. Uh, it worked most of the time. Yeah, most but, of the time. But on the but 
but there were times when I paddled six days in a row. Right. Because the weather was perfect. I had I was going take down take Mississippi with the current. When you can yeah, take a chance yeah. when you can. So But did your paddle days um like the length of time you paddled each day that vary or that did, did you... vary. I, I I mean uh for last year in particular I tended to paddle longer. Okay. Uh, so it would be up at six in the morning, try and be on the water around about seven and I could then paddle for ten hours. Right. Uh, this year I've paddled eight or even only six hours, quite a bit. But I was making better progress this year because I'm a bit, a bit fitter. <laughs> <laughs> Not carrying all that extra weight, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've put some of it back on. Put... <laughs> well, and that was that was my thing is from when you started, you know, back in, in, in 2018, and then as you progressed, by the time you were ha- at least halfway through your trip, you had to have routines. You had to mm-hmm. have figure out better ways to do things, uh, yep. better better foods to eat, better better ways of doing things. Yes. You know, yeah. it, it it was huge learning experience. I, I imagine from the first yeah. first half of the first. Because even though I trained quite extensively for a year before before I left to come over here, uh, it was just endurance paddling. I wasn't I wasn't coming. You know, eating as well. Cat, you know, right. coming ashore to camp every night and uh, having a meal. I was go. I was throwing the kayak on the car and going back home again. Right. It was just. It was just putting the miles in. I had the kayak loaded, so I, you know. But there wasn't the but the experience between no, there end of paddle day and no. next beginning no. of next paddle that day. That I had to learn as I went. Right. Yeah, but obviously, you know, I must. I am a pretty disciplined guy, so. I'd been I'd been told this is what you're going to have to do, Steve, by people who've done these types of expeditions before. Mm-hmm, right, and it was easy enough for me to actually get myself into that way of thinking. Yeah. Right, get up, get going. Yeah, clear yeah. the campsite. Don't leave anything behind. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, what did you lose? <laughs> there were a couple of times I. <laughs> <laughs> I left a couple of things behind. Is, is there a list of things that you, you've now <laughs> lost? I I left a sleeping mat behind on one occasion. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and got got given a, an old U.S. Army one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In return, which got me to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I left a, I I left my tent poles behind one day. Your tent poles. Yes. Oh, that's a detriment. <laughs> That was, oh, we got those back. We got those back. Yeah, oh, crazy thing to do. Crazy thing to do. Don't know how the hell I did it. How'd you get them back? Somebody went and got them for you? Or? Yeah. Managed, yeah. To manage, managed to ring up and say, guys, I think I left my tent poles behind. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, 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 the craziest, silliest thing was something just as stupid as leaving a baseball cap behind. When I was approaching the Canso Straits, I stayed with a wonderful elderly couple just south of the Canso Straits. Left in the morning and didn't uh, didn't realise I'd left my baseball cap, one of my baseball caps behind. Oh. Would you believe my host drove 20-odd miles up to the um, the Coast Guard unit at yeah. the Canso Canal? Yeah. 
uh, with my said, you've got a kayaker coming through in a few hours' time called Steve, kayaking the Great Loop. This is his baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give what? it to him when he arrives? Yeah, at least it's like so I turned miles, up, right? I called up the Coast Guard on the radio and said, kayaker wants to come through. Can you open the lock gates for me? And he said, Steve? I said, yeah. He said, we got your baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but like you say, oh, I mean, stuff one. like that is, is, I mean, in a kayak, you're only going so far in a day, right? So it's not like they've got to, oh, we got to drive for six hours and yeah. get him his cap. Yeah. No. Oh, by the way, you're the first people I've told that I left the tent post behind. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I didn't, but I didn't, I, I've told everybody now. I didn't post it on Facebook. No, but most of my mistakes I've posted on Facebook. Okay. I've to tell what happens? Because people need to know what yeah. can go wrong. You know, yeah. I, I got lost twice. I posted it. Yeah. You know, na- minor, you know, navigation errors. Yeah, yes. silly, it happens. Silly navigation errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if, if people think that we're going through all our trips, mm. no problems. There's always. There's, yeah. 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 I mean, that first, the first silly navigation error was, would you believe, on Lake Simcoe? Oh. On, on the Trent Seven Waterway. It was a very, very windy day. And I knew I had to coast hug the eastern shore of Lake Simcoe. Right. Well, three quarters of the way around that eastern side, I decided, let's use the wind to carry me across to the northern shore. And I can't remember the... I was going to go up towards Aurelia. Yeah. Well, obviously that meant hitting the northern shore turning west and then turning north again okay well i didn't realize it but the wind had blown me further west than i thought right i hit the shore didn't double check where i'd made land turned left and turned left instead of right went Went to bury yeah (laughs) i got quite a few miles (laughs) done in the wrong direction before i looked at my compass I should have turned north by now. Why am I still on a westerly bearing? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I immediately re- I realised what I'd done. Went ashore, spoke to some locals who confirmed what I'd done, and they saw my exasperation. They said, Steve, stay here tonight, and we'll run you up there the <laughs> tomorrow <next day>. morning. <laughs> so another one of my little cheating portage, yeah. portages, but, yeah. but a sensible one. Yes. Yeah. Because I'd done the mileage that I would have done anyway. Yes. Well, but, you know what? When but I told everybody what I'd done. Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't. You In don't the grand because scheme of you it. don't want someone else to do the same thing. If you're doing the whole loop, huh. you're there to do it to have fun. Yeah. An adventure. Yeah. So I mean, if you make a little goof and somebody helps you get back on track, yeah. eh? So there's no it. harm done. Yeah, no harm no done. Harm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, question for you: When you say your compass, were you actually using like an actual compass and map, I, or did you have like I, GPS I've got about I've got about oh no. This this was an actual compass mounted at the bow of the kayak. Okay. I've also I also have a silver compass on on the deck in front of me. Right. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do. I I did have a GPS as well. As well, yeah. But but yeah, I just wasn't sure if you'd yeah. be like being the old navy man there. Mm. Like, are you actually still using the old compass? Yeah. I usually carry yeah. one in all yeah. my gear. Yeah. Sextant, map, you know? and compass. Yeah. Mm. Getting the sextant going in the morning. <laughs> no <laughs> in the evening. No sextant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can't no, paddle no. today. Can't see because the stars. of course you know part of my preparation was to do the was to do the navigation course. Right. Yeah. Tidal and coastal navigation course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
because well, uh, even if you have got the electronics, they're going to fail one day. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to be able to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, and I read at one point that like you're sometimes a mile offshore to get around mm, rocks and, and stuff like, like that. that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It yeah. doesn't take much to get blown yeah. o- farther offshore. I was very right? rarely out of sight ashore, but I did go offshore quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, if that's the time that you're – Navigational electronic mm. equipment fails. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You want to have that extra. And, uh, you know, uh, and I have paddled in fog and yeah. needed to have a compass. Oh, yes. I did not, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've paddled in whiteouts yeah. and needed oh, a yeah, compass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. I, I, a couple of whiteouts, yeah. <laughs> That's fun, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, where were, oh, da- heading down the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And eventually you said you got bored of the Mississippi. Oh. And... The, the big boat traffic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you made a detour, which... Well, the, 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 even on the Tennessee Tom Bigby waterway, it was, it was at just as boring as the Mississippi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no detriment to, meant, meant to people who frequent yeah. the Mississippi and the Tennessee Tom Bigby waterway. But for a, a, a sea kayaker, going down the rivers was just... Well, a doddle, a doddle, and... A doddle, yeah. 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 Mm. What I, how I did have some fun was I... I would ride the wake of some of those uh, barges. Oh yes, some of the yes. some some of the really really heavily laden um, barge trains could only manage about five knots. Right. Usually they'd be doing about eight knots. So you could surf Just and ride your wake. But on the ones oh. that were slow, I could actually come up behind, alongside behind them, and actually ride their wake. And a couple of the skippers thought it was absolutely hilarious and <laughs> loved it. And a couple of the skippers started getting stroppy and oh. <laughs> loud, loud hailing me and saying, go away. <laughs> it's like that mosquito. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Swat him. So it was, it was fantastic, yeah. And that took you all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. That yeah, took me into Mobile Bay. Um, and Alabama, I, right? Alabama, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of days before I actually got to Mobile itself, I landed one night found a couple of cabins, landed, and camped on the porch of a of an empty cabin. Okay. Well, the following morning, the neighbours oh. had come in the previous night, but I was already asleep. They'd noticed I was there. They came to check me out to make sure. They realised what had happened, that I was a stray kayaker who wasn't going to steal anything, wasn't going to burn the place down, you know, just needed refuge for the night. Right. So they weren't going to kick me out or anything, but... They came across to speak to me and offered me breakfast, would you believe? nice. And uh, it was two brothers, and one of them was recently retired fire chief from the city of Mobile. Okay. And he said, when he heard what I was doing, he said, Steve, he said, uh, I live on Dauphin Island. Or if you want to do what the Americans do and and shortchange everything, Dolphin Island. Dolphin. <laughs> Dauphin being a French word, obviously. Uh, yeah. They, you know, because, of course, it's Calais, not Calais, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they've got to anglicise everything. Everything, yes. Yeah. So he said, come and stay with me on Dolphin Island when you get down to the mouth of Mobile Bay. So I did. <laughs> Take him up on the yeah, armor. Th- May this, as well. this is what's made the trip go so well it's just that, the hospitality. that sort of hospitality yeah and uh, so i stayed with jerry on dauphin island and then i had to start paddling east towards the florida panhandle right uh pick up the gulf intercoastal waterway well the morning i left jerry's place on dauphin island the wind was too strong for me to paddle right so 
that was another one of those little ferry trips. Ah. There's a ferry that takes you from Dauphin Island back onto the back onto the mainland to head to head east to head towards east. Florida. Wasn't that you had a crack in your your kayak? That was after. That was, was that after. after that. So okay. I'm so here I am at the I start. Knew it was somewhere here I am at the start there, yeah. of heading east on towards the Florida Panhandle on the Gulf Intercoastal Waterway, and I got to. A little town called Navarre, and another case of extreme hospitality. Uh, a nurse and her husband had been following me for months on Facebook. They wanted to host me, but they both were at nights. Right. So they decided they would buy me a hotel room. Gotta like that. Uh, absolutely, Bed, and it wasn't shower. it wasn't a cheap one either. It you know it, it was a Best Western on the waterfront, and this hotel had its own beach. Uh-huh. So I dragged the, the kayak ashore, and I have my night of luxury in the hotel, <laughs> <clears throat> and I launch again in the morning from the beach. And it was two days before I realised the boat was taking on water. So it was when, from dragging it on the beach at the hotel you uh, may have yeah, it. I reckon I either caught the edge of a sharp rock or, yeah. or an oyster shell even. Yeah. Right. But pinprick hole. Oh. It was okay. so small it did take me two days to realise that there was indeed there some... was there was water in my forehead hold. Right. Yeah. And I, I landed two nights later at uh Oh, I'm forgetting these names. St. <laughs> so, Rosa Beach or somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, st- still on that Gulf Ring to Coastal Waterway, a few days short of getting to Panama City. Oh, okay. And I stayed with a lovely couple in their cottage. And when I opened my forehead hatch, oh, my boat's full of water. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did a temporary repair. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of duct tape and all the rest of it, and I paddled on. And... I've been making friends of all the boaters coming down the Mississippi and the, and the, and that Tennessee Tom Bigby waterway. Right. Um, and one particular couple on their boat came past. They, they caught me up. They'd stayed at a marina in Mobile for a few days. The boaters can do this. They're all rich. <laughs> they, they keep taking three or four day long breaks at marinas. And yeah. <laughs> so we were leapfrogging each other. Right. Along along the whole route. So they they they. Rick and his wife caught me up and they said how's it going Steve and I said I've got a bloody hole in the boat and they actually made the decision not me they said Steve we're going to haul your kayak on board put it on our swim deck Yep. and we're going to piggyback you to the next marina where you can do a proper repair keep the water out yeah yeah so, uh, and this was also just after Hurricane Michael, right? Oh, so okay. the whole of that area was devastated. Mm-hmm. Uh, problems with the supermarkets getting resupplied and all the rest of it. So problems being able to buy even even get drinking water. Right. That was the only time there was a problem. So anyway, it meant that I ended up on their boat for four days. Because we couldn't find anywhere to open to help me. Oh, right. Yeah. So they took me all the way, f- a four-day journey to Carabel Marina. And uh, when I landed at Carabel, I 
had some friends in Gainesville, Florida. Nowhere near the sea, right in the middle of Florida. Yeah. I don't know how well, how well you know that part of the world. Gainesville's a university town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Central yeah. Florida, yeah. So Gainesville Gators. I was going like to <laughs> meet those people on the water around the Big Bend. Right. And they were going to kayak with me. But um, when they heard my little story about what had happened with the boat and all the rest of it, they said, Steve, you've got to take a break. You know, because also I had come down myself, both physically and mentally. Four days of not, you know, having a four day break like that, I suddenly realized how tired I was. Oh, yes. And would you believe I had a UTI? Oh, okay. I'd accidentally let myself get dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I was worried about can I restock with water? So you weren't flushing enough? So I wasn't flushing out, myself yeah. through enough. Yeah. Even though I had the water on board, I was conserving it too much and so not I drinking think, not yeah. drinking and not drinking enough. Yeah. So we, we realized that I had this UTI and I needed antibiotics. So uh they came over from Gainesville, took me home and uh we fixed we fixed the boat. Fixed the boat right. and fixed we you. fixed the boat and fixed me <laughs> and then I was passed on to another friend in New Smyrna Beach who looked after my kayak over Christmas while I went home. I had to go home to get a visa sorted out. Right. Yeah, because those Americans won't yeah. let won't let Brits in for yeah. more than ninety days unless you've got a visa. Oh. Well I think it all has to do with the like eighteen twelve thing. Yeah. <laughs> we should have done the job properly in 1812 and got, got them back in the fold, shouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, go as far as burning the White House down and you don't reconquer them. Let's head back and party. We burned their house down. Uh, so you had, uh, you had like a health insurance and stuff like that to yes, cover you? Yes, but, but I didn't actually use it. I was very, very fortunate in that Susie and Mick had a friend who kayaks who always has a course of antibiotics in his, <laughs> oh, there you go. just lying there in his medicine cupboard. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we, we knew enough about, you know, that we could self-diagnose okay. and knew, knew what was wrong with me. So those antibiotics were okay. Yeah, fix you up. But believe it or not, when I got back to the UK and spoke to my own doctor, it took two more courses of antibiotics <laughs> to actually kill it stone dead. Oh, Great. Wow. I, my first first ever UTI. <laughs> <laughs> Shows I'm getting older. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, my own doctor then did send me back for the second half of the trip with a course of, you know, an emergency course of antibiotics. Yes, it's something you should yeah. carry anyways, yeah. Yeah. just in yeah. case. Yeah. yeah. A but lot of these are the things you learn. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had... I've, obviously, I've always had I have I had a first aid kit from day one, mm-hmm. and I had things like antibiotic cream, yeah, for you know a cut or something exactly. like that. Blisters. But I didn't think about needing, you know, yeah, because just uh, in, in case of mm. uh, you know a case of uh, food poisoning or mm. in case of uh, you know a UTI or anything like that. Like you, I, mm. I follow a few people who do a lot of uh, deep ocean travel uh, sailboats, and they live in the Caribbean yeah. and stuff like that, and they always have yeah. this big bag of various antibiotics and penicillins and stuff like that. I mean, that. yeah, I, I mean, I, I was carrying anti-diarrheal tablets. I was yeah. carrying, you know, that, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. But hadn't thought maybe I'll, I need just a general course of antibiotics yeah. for something like we just described. Yeah. yeah. So live and learn. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the hard way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. 
<laughs> so, yeah, when I was uh, taken in in Gainesville, my intention had been to paddle down to Fort Myers. Okay. And then go through the Okeechobee Waterway. Right. In fact, I was going to leave my kayak in Fort Myers Beach over Christmas with the Canadian couple who took me from Port Seven. <laughs> Oh, there's a car. Yeah, they when they when yeah they they actually they actually said Steve we always snowbird yeah. in Florida we have a property in Fort Myers Beach the people that so own the company can, I work at mm, same deal Fort yeah, Myers yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh, so when I was in so when I was in Gainesville before I flew home for Christmas I actually did take a little road trip down to Fort Myers Beach to explain to them why I wasn't leaving the kayak with them <laughs> while I went home to the UK. So I did actually lose quite a few more miles by not paddling all the way down to Fort Myers and through that Okeechobee waterway. But my Floridian friends said, we're not going to let you paddle the Okeechobee waterway. It's far too polluted now. Oh. Sugarcane corporations have devastated Lake Okeechobee. Right. With their uh, fertilizer runoff and stuff, all the chemicals. Okeechobee, not they. They have these blooms now. Red, yes, red, yes. El, red yeah, yeah. blooms and things like yeah. that. We got, we get the and blue the, and the blame, green the blame and, uh, is being put on the sugarcane corporations. Right. Whether or not it's genuine, it's a hundred percent them. I don't know, but but yeah. they're having huge pollution problems mm-hmm. with it. But so was they said, Okeechobee, not, not one of the big bass fishing lakes. Oh, I don't know. But it's a it's a huge lake. Yeah, I want to say it's one of the mm, heavily big... heavily populated with alligators as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come across any? Did you see any? The first the first alligators I saw were on the Tom Bigby River. Okay. As I uh, was coming down towards Mobile. Yeah. But they just swim away from you. Mm-hmm. Right. They're just as scared of yeah. us as we are of them, unless you're they think you're going to endanger their young, and then they will attack you. Of course they Just will. Just like a bear. All, an, all animals yeah. are like it. The the, the, big, the, the more scary thing was the water snakes, the water moccasins and things. Oh, they don't care. They're just coming they will Because they will attack you. Yeah. No, they're right up I on your I pretty rope. soon learned to really, you know, you would see what might be a oh, twig. Oh, the head tweaking the head, in the, in the, in the And hair. you think, is that a, is that a, a, a branch of or a tree a or a twig? Or, or is it a snake? But, but, I learned to recognize when it was a snake because the, the snake's head would move, whereas a twig would just keep <laughs> just bobbing up yeah. and yeah. down. You know, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, but but the snakes didn't go for me, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing, a big thing I encountered, of course, in Florida were the manatees. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's a, right. there's a moving, beautiful yeah. picture on my Facebook page of a couple of manatees underneath yeah. my kayak. Your kayak, yeah. yeah. Incredible. But uh, but that wasn't that was actually a recreational paddle at Silver Springs. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, didn't, so uh, I didn't see manatees on the, you know, out, out on, on the intercoastal waterway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what everybody goes down there to paddle to yeah. see. Yeah. Is the, the manatee, not the alligators, just oh, snakes. Were, they were wonderful. <laughs> the, the manatees. Everybody wants to paddle with the manatees. Mm-hmm. I never got to actually stroke one, but uh, I did get to see a huge herd of manatees underneath us. Yeah. Right. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. We heard uh, stories from, uh, now you've paddled with uh, Alan Drummond. He had been down in that area with, uh, John Van Berger and they had manatees trying to chew the labels off the side of their kayaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've so heard they were just kind of rolled up and yeah. started suckling on the side of the kayak. <laughs> mm. well, there's another story about suckling on my kayak. Oh, well, that was when I got to Maine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We'll wait till the end. Yeah, wait till the end. We'll go, we got to keep things in sequence. I'm a note of that one. Yeah. 
so you headed home for Christmas, mm-hmm. and you came back for January. Yes. And you headed back to um, Carabelle. That's where you uh, well, headed back. No, fl- flew into Orlando, headed back to New Smyrna Beach to Jean, who looked after my kayak okay. while I was away, and. We also came up with an alternative to paddling the east coast of Florida. Right. Right. Let's do something a little bit different. And it was the St. John's River. Okay. So I was taken I was wrote I was taken to Astor in Florida. Right. And put in on the St. John's River to paddle up to Jacksonville. Or paddle down the river to Jacksonville. It's one of the another one of those few rivers that flow north. Right. Okay. Now Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. was a bad spot for you. Jacksonville was a bad spot for me. Um, yeah, when we go through your, the troubles you have have mm. come across, mm-hmm. that's, would you say that was your biggie? Your, that was the biggest? That, that was the biggest. That was the biggest, yeah. I had had the wind against me all day and knew I wasn't going to make the public boat ramp that I wanted to land at uh, unless I wanted to paddle in darkness. Right. which I've tried to avoid. So I did my usual. I looked for a row of cottages on the waterside to to land and just knock somebody's door and ask for help. Please, can I camp somewhere around here? Saw four or five cottages, all with access to the water. Chose one, tied up to the ladder, climbed up into the garden, saw some movement in the house, so I waved at the guy started walking across his lawn he came out with three dobermans oh you know which which they ringed the, the dogs just ringed me right he had them under perfect control because i could see what type of dog they were they you know, he, they would they would they would have ripped me apart if he'd let them right he had a knife in his hand started shouting and screaming really awful abuse at me Terrible language. Never heard anything like it in my life as a sailor. <laughs> Even as a sailor. <laughs> no, no. no. He went berserk. He went berserk. He wouldn't let me get a word in edgeways. Who the fuck are you? Why are you trespassing on my land? Get out now, you know. Hang on, hang on, mate. You know, I'm just wearing a pair of shorts, a pair of sandals, and a PFD. Mm-hmm. Can't be any danger just to come him. come sure, yeah. You know, he could, you know. He wasn't having any of it. Get off my land. If I had my, gu- if I had had my gun to hand, I would have shot you. And I, and he actually meant it. He meant it because yep. they can do that. Yeah, they that can part shoot of the world, yeah. can't they? And lots of you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Yep. He just refused to to have to listen to me at all. F- forced me, forced me back into the boat. I tripped over a log, broke my prescription sunglasses. Huh. Yeah, I know it's really stupid. You know, he just wanted wanted me out of there right and he got me out of there wow so either very so, paranoid or oh, don't know we don't know what it was maybe hiding drugs maybe right you know. yeah but of course there was no point in me going to the police i mean yeah. legally i i was trespassing yeah. yeah yeah you know but nine out of ten people will say who are you what are you doing you know yeah yeah get the story out what of you is, and let get you the story out of me let me talk yeah. nope not him so huh so i backed off paddled away Got to the uh, Mandarin Park boat ramp in darkness. I was shivering. I was shaking. Yeah, 
I was in shock. I didn't realise it immediately, but I now know I was in shock. Right. Yeah. And I decided to... I had accommodation lined up for the following day with a kayaker in Jacksonville. So I rang her and I said, Heather, this has happened. Uh, I'm not sure what the hell I'm doing. I'm really... And she she was sensible enough to realise. She said, Steve, she said, I'm not letting you camp there tonight. I'm coming. I'm driving down to pick you up. So she jumped in her car, drove, you know, out of her way completely to come and get me and take me home. Then when we got back to her place, we realised I actually was showing symptoms of having flu. First time in my life I have ever had flu. Really? I've always had the flu jab. Obviously, working for the ambulance service, right. yeah. they, my employer wanted me to have the flu jab. Yep. They provided it free. So it was the first year I didn't get a flu jab, and lo and behold, I get flu. Get the flu. <laughs> I've, I've had severe, I'd never had flu before. We've been waiting for I you, Steve. I couldn't do a thing. I couldn't do a thing for five days. It was, oh, wow. it was that bad. Genuine flu. Yeah. yeah. So while I was under with that flu, Heather, some paddler as her Facebook ID is, she got on social media. She contacted as many kayak clubs, kayakers, organizations, all the way up the east coast to the main border to say, this has happened to Steve. We cannot let it help happen again. And the offers of hospitality just nice. flooded in. Started yeah. coming in. Yeah. 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 All it takes is one bad apple mm. and everybody's. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. was so ashamed of what this guy had done. Yeah, yeah you know. like you say, when he's got three dogs, that oh, he he was just a nasty piece. Yeah. Of work. He would have done it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. It was you know, you, it you makes you wonder. You he was that type, just that type of person. Yeah. You know, some sort of white supremacist. Yeah, <laughs> or something yeah. like that, or yeah. you know, anything, exactly, yeah. anything, yeah. but yeah. just uh, just the a worst type, of, the worst yeah. type of right redneck going. Yeah. Wow. And you know. And usually, redneck to me is a term of endearment. <laughs> <laughs> but not in this case. Not, not in this, this case, case, no. no. That's mm. unfortunate. Yeah. Mm. So how long were you in Jacksonville? Five, five days. Five days, five, right? Five days, yeah. And then you... Uh, and then we put me back on the water to go up the intercoastal waterway uh, <clears throat> towards um, Chesapeake Bay. Mm. Well, I think we'll call it... Uh, an episode for today. We'll cut it there. Yeah. Um, that's, it's pretty cool. The, 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 the loop that's, uh, yes. that, that he did. Yes. And, uh, a lot of things to still to come. There's a lot to absorb with the, with what he's encountered and, and, uh, the, the bits and pieces that he's come across. And I'm looking forward to, uh, sharing the other half of this interview with, uh, Steve Chard, uh, next week. Yeah, like I said, if, in the meantime, if you want to go and check out The Great Loop, uh, just Google it and you'll see there's, they actually have a, uh, a Great Loop Adventure site or something like that. I can't even yeah. remember exactly what it is, but it's a big thing. They, it, and they've got these pennants and everything that yeah. they give to the people that have actually done it. You you're, you become a member and you register, everything. This is like yeah. a big deal. It's funny how this this uh, podcast opens up windows into other kind of themes of what people do in their in their time right like this this great loop is normally what people would do like people do it in in kayaks sure and somebody's done it on a jet ski but normally it's done by yacht or by motor motor sailors and and stuff like that big sleep on boats exactly exactly 
And, uh, but you know, if I was to have my way, I, th- I think, you know, if I was rich, I'd do it on a big old boat, a but, big uh, old boat, yeah. but I think it would be, I, I, I don't think I'm capable of it. I don't think I could do 14 months of paddling, but, uh, like Steve did, but, uh, I would definitely be, I'd be up for, for the challenge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in sections. <laughs> uh, if you go to the, the, that, uh, great loop website, they, I think there's actually another one. I, I've got to go back and look at it. I was just looking at it in passing. But it looks like there's one that goes all across the top of the states or or Canada, yeah, all the way towards almost to the the west coast and down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I mean, it looks like there's a couple versions mm-hmm. of the Great Loop. Yeah, there and must be an official loop, or is it just there's, there's sort of loosely them, I governed? I think maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think it's loosely governed, but it's it's basically here's the loop. You can make a couple little dipsy doodles to yeah. change things up, exactly. that sort of stuff. Yeah. But uh, it is pretty cool to, to to see this. So yeah, next week we'll uh, do the other half of the episode with Steve, and uh, uh, there's still lots more to come. It's some pretty cool stuff. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to find us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can stream or download every single one of our episodes, <laughs> this being number 184. Yes. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. And again, we are accepting guest blogs for our website, uh, paddlingadventuresradio.com. So if you got an idea for a blog that you think you'd love to write up, uh, write it up, send a couple of pictures and send it our way. And, uh, yeah, you can, uh, participate and be, uh, on our website. Yeah. We'll make uh, you famous. We'll make you famous. <laughs> Legends in your own minds. Yes. <laughs> Just like we are. <laughs> uh, Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.